You're listening to the Rising Boss Podcast, not your typical millennial's guide to workplace house and wise. As a young woman of color, living outside of my home country hasn't always been easy. You know, there were days where I feel so lonely, I feel so isolated, and I feel so different from everybody else. And you know, sometimes it can get really frustrating because people would already judge you, you know, without even knowing who you really are. They would already have some sort of like prejudice or like certain thoughts about you, mainly because of the shape of your eyes or the color of your skin. But you know what I learned? What I learned was if you have a strong core, if you know within yourself who you are as a person, and if you have really embraced what makes you different, you will be able to thrive wherever you go. So for today's episode, we are going to be talking about exactly that. How do we build our self-confidence in the workplace, especially in dealing with matters like mental health and organization's lack of concrete actions on DEI, aka diversity, equity, and inclusivity. We are lucky for today's episode because we are joined in by a keynote speaker, coach, podcaster, consultant, and author on building self-confidence. She currently inspires women through her award-winning podcast called The Tao of Self-Confidence, where she interviews Asian women about their inner journey to self-confidence. Now, her mission is to help Asian women boost their confidence to live their authentic selves, help Asian women create a voice in the world, and create a stronger representation for Asian women. Let us welcome on the show, Sheena Yap Chen. Hi, Sheena. How are you? Hi, Maria. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you so much. We are so honored to have you on the show. I've been seeing a lot of your posts on LinkedIn and following you on LinkedIn. So I'm seeing a lot of your inspirational posts. So it's it's really um, a great pleasure for me to have you on the show. And as mentioned in your um, earlier intro, obviously there's so many things that's like, you know, going on for you now, but I wanted to hear from you, you know, your story. Tell us a little bit about your story and how your earlier years um, looked like. Yeah, for sure. So I was born in Cebu City, Philippines, um, and moved to Canada when I was seven. And back then, you know, in the early 90s, it was really hard for me to find any Asian representation on different forms of media, whether it was TV, magazines, you know, there was no representation. So part of me always felt ashamed of being an Asian woman because, you know, I didn't have blue eyes or blonde hair. And I thought that was the definition of being beautiful. Um, Also worked in office job for 12 years. And even though you know, we've been told that's the way to to live your life. I always felt like it was never my path. Like I just couldn't see myself working in a cubicle till I was uh, 60 or 65 or retirement age. So I always knew there was something more out there, but at the same time, because of our upbringing, we get scared, right? We, We resist a lot. We fear the unknown instead of doing the opposite. So 
when my aunt passed away over 10 years ago, it just gave me a wake up call and realized, you know what, we only live life once and we got to, you know, live life to the fullest or else we're going to regret a lot of things in Mm -hmm. our life. And so, you know, it took me a little bit more to kind of forge my own path, but I did it. It wasn't easy, of course. And even Mm -hmm. just forging the, the journey of forging your own path is not easy as well. There's lots of ups and downs. There's lots of failures. There's lots of self-doubt. There's Mm -hmm. lots of feeling you're not enough or you're not good enough to go out there and sell your products and services, but it takes a lot of work on yourself and learning to ask for help as well. And so about five or six years ago, I realized that you know, I, I was trying to find ways to build my confidence at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to find resources that really catered to Asian women, but for some reason I couldn't find any, right? It was mm-hmm. so hard. So I realized that if I couldn't find it, then I had to create it. And that's when I created the podcast called The Tao of Self-Confidence, where I interview Asian women about their journey to self-confidence. Now, back then, there were no Asian, there were hardly any Asian women podcasting, um, even just Asian, the Asian community alone in the podcasting world. I'm glad there's more and more now out right. there. But, you know, being able to do that podcast, I got to interview over 700 Asian women on the topic of self-confidence. Last year, we were able to launch a book called Asian Women Who Boss Up, where we highlight the stories of 18 Asian women who have been able to forge your own path, overcome obstacles and thrive, and just been, you know, blessed with the journey that I have been through. It wasn't always easy. There was a lot of roller coasters, but I wouldn't be here today without them. Yeah. I mean, I could imagine, especially like being from an Asian family, you know how being from Asian, like, okay, we have to finish school. Once you finish school, you have to do this. Once you do this, you have to do this. Like, we we kind of have like this very strict upbringing like you should do how everybody else should be doing you can't like go this way and that way this is how we're doing it it's proven it's you can be successful so it's i can understand from you know coming from the same sort of like background and i also felt the same when when i moved out for example of my home country so like when i started working in dubai there's like a lot of Filipinos in Dubai, but like when you go there, you know, they have a different kind of, um, let's say perspective or like um, stereotype with Filipinos in Dubai. So I feel like I belong, but I don't. It's it's like, ooh, where am I? You know, and I kind of have those like moments in my life where, damn, I wish I wasn't Filipino. Like, I know it's bad to say that, but like there's some times where like, I know I look the way that I am, but I'm not, you know, that person that you guys think that I am just because I'm Filipino. So do you have like moments or like situations in your life where you kind of encountered like you were at a disadvantage simply because you were where you're from? Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, especially being an Asian woman in mm-hmm. Canada or in North America, we're always seen as quiet and submissive and obedient. So it you know, we, we, we end up not getting picked for promotions or leadership roles or CEO roles because of that, because they think, you know, all we're going to do is just tell them, you know, be, be told what to do. And then we just do it. Right. Other than that, we're also treated as sex objects because of this whole yellow fever and seeing Asian women as exotic. Right. Mm -hmm. So of course those stereotypes hurt us as a whole, because we are more than that. Um, Even here in North America, you know, Asian women are two and a half times targeted more than Asian men in 
in racist attacks because of that stereotype as well, right? Um, and there's so many stories out there where women have been spat on, have been pushed, have been attacked due to their color of their skin. So it still happens till this day. It just, you know, maybe not a lot of people talk about it as much, but it does happen. Mm, yeah, it, it does. And I just feel like sometimes being also in, um, in an international company, you know you're different. Everybody knows that you're different, but we don't talk about it. We we talk about it in a very subtle, you know, way. Like for example, now that I moved here in in Europe, they 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 don't explicitly say it, but like, don't worry, you know, being an Asian in Europe is something exotic. Like you, you're special. Like I I know they're trying to make me feel better about myself, but it doesn't sound like that to me, you know, like, yeah. I think you're not sounding as positive as you think you sound. Cause like, okay, I get that I'm different, but like, sometimes I just want to be perceived in a way where I'm valued because of my skills, especially in the workplace that I know the value that I can bring to my company. I know the value that I can bring in terms of the skills that I have. It doesn't matter how I look, doesn't matter where I'm from. And I just feel like sometimes I don't know, maybe that's how we're wired as humans. People look at us first the way that we look rather than, you know, what we can actually bring to the table. So was there like um, something like uh, that major turning point? So obviously, like, when did that really start from 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 your, you know, um, earlier experience of like moving out of your home country and just be like, I really just want to start, you know, um, giving voice to to Asian women. What's that major turning point in your life? Yeah, it was really starting the podcast. Like I mentioned, you know, mm. I couldn't find any resources that help women, especially Asian women, women with self-confidence. So sometimes a part of me felt like I was the only one going through what I was going through, mm. but a lot of Asian women are going through it. The only problem is nobody talks about it because of our upbringing, right? I mean, I come from a Filipino and Chinese culture, so that's two Asian cultures in one. Mm. And really, we're not allowed to talk about our problems, the traumas we go through, even if, you know, something as horrific as, you know, being molested by a family men member, which happens all too often, we're supposed to hide that shame, even though mm. it had nothing to do with us. And so being able to create the podcast and being in, able to interview so many Asian women from around the world, you know, it helped, it helped me realize that we all go through it. And these stories are stories that we can relate to, that we can understand and realize like they also went through similar situations and they got out of it. And so if they were be they were able to get out of it, I can too. Of course, because of the color of our skin, because of our gender, because of our cultural background, it might take us longer to achieve the goals that we have, right? But if we don't go out there and do it, no one else will, right? When I said I wanted to start creating representation, I started with zero, right? I had no clue what I was doing, but you know, it took you know, over five, six, five, six years to get to where I am today. So it wasn't like an overnight success, right? You know, sometimes we see social media and we think, oh my God, this person made a million dollars in one night. No, they didn't. You know, they went through that struggle. You know, we don't know for the first five years, they had no revenue. And finally they were able to hit that $1 million mark because they were able to put in the work, set the foundation, never gave up because they saw the bigger picture. So 
yeah, that was a turning point, right? Being able to connect with so many Asian women, being able to understand the things that we go through, being able to relate to them and realize you're not the only one. Sometimes when we realize we're not the only person that we're, that are, that we're like the challenges we're going through, we're not the only ones going mm-hmm. through it. It's actually kind of a sigh of relief, like realizing there's nothing wrong with me. This is yeah. just normal and that we can get through it, especially when it comes to mental health, right? Mental health mm-hmm. is always a huge taboo in the in the Asian community. doesn't matter which Asian um, ethnicity, like yeah. it's, it's just a taboo in general, right? Um, you know, we're not allowed to talk about how we feel. We bottle things up. And because of that, we're like a ticking time bomb ready to Mm. explode. So it's really important to talk about these taboo conversations and learning to be more authentic and just be vulnerable, right? Also having the confidence to say like, I don't know everything and I'm okay with that. You know, having the confidence to say, I need help. Can you help me? So just Mm. those little things. Yeah. I think what you said there was really nice because also just coming from my experience, for example, one, I have one um, uh, co-worker, she shared with me, she's like, I think that, you know, the management isn't listening to me because I'm a woman. And I'm like, I didn't react so much because I'm like, well, if you think that way, um, I'm a young person, I'm a woman, a person of color and I don't have the same big title as you do so can you imagine if it was me then I'm like literally at the bottom of the of the food chain so if nobody listens to you what more for me and sometimes you just have that like you know just being different especially in the workplace you don't have that much self-confidence like why would anybody listen to my tiny voice you know what I mean like what do I know what does she know like why would we trust you? So sometimes you kind of like, maybe I shouldn't speak up. Maybe I shouldn't just say anything, you know? So I I can see that you have like a lot of, you know, um, experience, especially with, you know, the way that we were brought up as Filipinos, as Asians. Where do you draw that confidence from? You know, like you talk a lot about self-confidence. Where is it coming from? Yeah, it's mainly coming from the podcast, being able to interview all these amazing Asian Mm. women and the struggles they went through, realizing like, we're not the only ones who struggled. We're going to have struggle in every part of our life, right? Because confidence is something we work on for the rest of our life and learning to do the inner work and working on yourself, learning to seek help, learning to be part of different communities that can help you do that can really help you build your confidence, right? I mean, I didn't do this by myself. You know, it had to take being able to interview so many Asian women, being able to connect with like-minded women, being to have, being able to have your set of friends by your side when you're not feeling at your best, right? Especially during the pandemic when we're all stuck at home and we can't go out anywhere, right? Our mental health deteriorates, right? Because we end up getting paranoid. We get up, end up getting lonely and depressed and we all went through it, myself included. And so that's why having support is so important, being able to work on yourself daily and, you know, not huge daily steps, right? Just like small little steps, like even listening to this podcast or reading Mm -hmm. a self-help book, right? Or journaling or, you know, working out, whatever, whatever works for you to build that confidence. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good. I just wanted to touch on a little bit on the topic of mental health. I, I'm a a huge, I would say advocate for this one. I love talking about this. I'm very open about this one. And I just don't understand why not a lot of companies tackle this. I think that people are one of 
if not, it's your most, supposedly most valued asset. So if your people aren't feeding well, your business, obviously, um, in terms of like performance, the person will lose engagement, um, probably be a little bit more inefficient, will make more mistakes at work, which means that for the company, this would be probably higher, you know, turnover, loss of productivity, et cetera, et cetera which means that this also affects the business negatively. But why aren't businesses talking about this? That's frustrating to me. Yeah, it's very frustrating. And, you know, we've been in a culture where we've had these practices for so long, not Mm. addressing mental health. And because now it's starting to be more aware, people are being more aware about mental health. Sometimes companies just do the bare minimum to look good, right? They think, Mm. you know, oh, let's do a meditation for five minutes. You're going to be fine. No, you're not. You know, a five minute meditation isn't going to get you over that work stress, right? Or feeling low, or even the way you treat your employees. You say one thing and do the other. Of course, people are not going to trust you, right? You got to do things with integrity. And it doesn't matter if it's mental health, diversity, treating your employees correctly. You have to do what you say, or else people will lose that trust. That's when your turnover gets really high. There's a negative, toxic work culture, you know, and it just, it's just a, a domino effect, right? Everything else doesn't fall, doesn't do well in in your business. So it's really learning to, you know, talk about the bat, like the taboo, taboo stuff, stuff about mental health, right? People are too scared to talk about that or going to like the deep rooted cause. If means you need to have, you know, an, an on location therapist for someone, for, for your workers to talk to, do that, right? Like have that support. Um, don't just say, you know, for our first work meeting, we're going to have a five minute meditation because that's not going to work, right? Like it's not going to work. Like people are going to laugh at you because like, this is what you think mental health is. You're just going to do a five minute breath work. I mean, it's not for everyone, right? People are going to be like, are you serious? You don't know what I go through as a, as an employee, I have to do five people's jobs, you know, work all hours at the night and get, get reamed for, for one little mistake. And I get that, right? Because we've all gone through that. And we feel like if we make one mistake, it's the end of the world when it's not. So companies really need to figure out, you know, what is mental health? What are the aspects? What really dive in and dig deep so that they can really help their employees and, you know, help them have a better work culture, have them be able to perform well so that everything else falls into place, right? When you treat your employees well, you get more profits, you know, you get, more awareness. People will say great things about you and, and everything else will, you know, you'll start attracting all the abundance in your world. That is true. That is true. And somebody coming from the minority, I'd have to think about, you know, more than diversity and inclusivity and equality, gender, race, whatever. I also have to think about like, maybe I'm going to sound impolite or unprofessional if somebody asks me for more okay how are you and I'm gonna say I'm actually not okay I'm having mental health issues here and this and that it's just it just makes you even more of a less of a person like I am already viewed because I'm a person of color and then you tell them something about mental health and it's just you just feel so kind of helpless. You kind of feel alone. You kind of feel like there's no one that could, you know, help you out. And and I feel like, for example, with me, I don't have another like Asian person in our European office. And I just feel alone. 
I don't feel like there's anybody that could understand exactly what I'm going through. And it's just sometimes it makes you even not just depressed, but like you lose self-confidence. Like you lose, do I really deserve to be in this place? You know what I mean? Sometimes you kind of doubt yourself and it's just really, you you feel helpless. You feel alone. And, And that's why I like, for example, having these kinds of conversations I like that you are all about, you know, empowering other Asian women and like, you know, um, letting them know that they're not alone. We're all in this together. So I really, really like that about what you do. So if there's like, you know, just a few tips or like advice to younger Asian women out there, um, what would be your advice to them? So that, you know, in terms of like mental health, in terms of like self-confidence in the workplace, what would you tell them? Yeah, I think when it comes to self-confidence is finding ways that work for you, right? Not We're all different people. So how we build confidence will all be different. There's no mm-hmm. one way of building confidence. There's 101 different ways, right? Mm-hmm. So like I mentioned, meditation may not be for me, but meditation may be for you. Journaling may not be for me, but journaling maybe for you, you got to figure out which ones work for you and which ones don't. Um, don't one thing as Asian women, we have to learn how to ask for help, right? Because I know sometimes when you go out there and ask for help is deemed as a weakness, or we're asking for a handout, but if you don't seek that help, you're not going to be able to better yourself, right? Especially when it comes to mental health, if it means hiring or paying for a mental health professional to make you feel better, then then do it, right? They're there for a reason. They're they're there to help you become better, have better mental well being, so that you know that what's going on in your head, you're not going crazy, and you're not the only person going through this. And learning to speak up, yeah, sometimes spe- speaking up is never easy, right? It doesn't matter where you're at work or you have um, you have your own business, any, any part where you're trying to create change, right? Positive change. It will never be easy, right? There's always consequences as well. There's going to be haters out there, trolls, you know, people calling you names, but we got to have the courage to go up there and do it. Right. And we don't have to do this alone. Like I mentioned, there's so many support groups out there that can, you can see that you're not the only one out there making a change or speaking up or saying what you feel. There's, there's different ways to do that. Right. And so my, my point is always, you never have to do this alone. And, and I want to keep saying that so that people can realize, like, I don't have to be alone in this journey. There's different ways for me to speak my voice or, you know, get my message across or, or, you know, have a mental, better mental well being. right? It can be something as simple as listening to this podcast episode, right? you can, uh, you know, find different ways to build your confidence. You know, we're all different people. So we're the way we build confidence, it's going to be all different. So figure out different ways that can really help you boost your confidence up. And, you know, a lot of people think we have to make big leaps to build that confidence up, but really it's the small actionable daily steps that really yield the big result. You know, that overnight success everyone sees on social media, it's the small actionable daily steps that led to that overnight success. And, you know, being able to speak up, right? It's of course it's scary. Nobody said it wasn't, right? Because if mm-hmm. it, if it wasn't, everybody would be doing it. But because of our cultural upbringing and our, you know, and plus we're women, it's harder for us to speak up. I know because I've been there, right? I have a huge family, and so sometimes I get scared too. But I realize there's a bigger purpose to it, and so mm-hmm. I'm not just doing this for myself. I'm doing it for other Asian women out there, our current and future generations, to show them what's possible as well. Yeah, that's really that's really nice what you said because especially these days with social media, cancel culture. 
I, I don't understand cancel culture. It's like you say something that's just a little bit, you know, pe- people would be like, hey, this person said this, canceled, she's canceled. I'm like, I don't understand these woke people. Like, it's good to be aware, but it's just too much. This cancel culture is too much. And sometimes that also makes you feel like probably I should, I should just not speak up about what I feel. And obviously you've gone a lot you you've gone to a lot of like you know interviews and like podcasts and stuff like that how do you deal with trolls or like whatever negative comments if you get any i mean i've I've been fortunate that i haven't gotten so many yes i've been called different names i've been called racist for you know empowering our own culture which is (laughs) doesn't make any sense but all right (laughs) um but you know sometimes you gotta learn to ignore it and i know sometimes it's easier said than done but it's mm. easier when you build yourself up, when you build yourself confidence, when you learn to let go of what other people think of you, especially, you know, when the person is someone who has a profile picture of an egg, right? I mean, they're just <laughs> they're even more scared. They're tough, you know, on the keyboard, but in person, I'm pretty sure their confidence isn't the greatest. So learning to just say, you know what, they may say this, but you know, they're just words and I have to learn to let it go and just keep moving forward. Yeah, that's that's really good. Sometimes keyboard warriors are just there, but you know they they shouldn't stop us. And anyway, is there um, any sort of like way where our listeners can find more about you or like read more about you shared with us? Yeah, for sure. So you can check out my website, SheenaYapchan.com. I have a free gift that anyone can get. It's called Eight Ways to Boss Up Your Confidence in Life and Business. Uh, you can also, there's also, you can also order a copy of my book, Asian Women Who Boss Up. Um, you can also look for Sheena Yapchan on all social media platforms. And if in case you don't remember anything I said, you can also Google my name, Sheena Yapchan, and I'm the only Sheena Yapchan on the <laughs> internet, which is great. Um, if you want to check out the podcast, it's called The Tao of Self-Confidence. You can check out check it out on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. You can also check out our website, thetaoofselfconfidence.com, and you can binge listen on over 700 interviews of Asian women building their confidence. That's really interesting. I'm going to put all your links on the description so that our listeners can check you out much easier. Thank you so much, Sheena, for your time. We really appreciate it. And I hope that anyone who will be listening to to this episode will feel so much more better. And thank you so much for for your support and for, for being the awesome you, for helping empower other Asian women out there. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks for having me again. It was an honor. Thank you. Follow at Rising Boss Podcast on Instagram for updates on our topics and guests. Or if you want to reach out or collaborate with me, feel free to get in touch by writing through hello at risingbosspodcast.com. It's your girl, Maria, and we'll see you on our next episode. Catch you later, boss.